Welcome to In Your Area, a podcast designed by area to update, educate, and refresh realtors, brokers, and industry stakeholders on topics that matter most to you. Listen on the go, in your car, at a coffee shop, wherever your day takes you. This is a podcast designed with today's busy realtor in mind. And now, for part two of Mortgage Changes, here's your host, Bill McDougall. Yeah. On Realtor Point, um, yes. we're, we've run across, obviously, in the last couple of years where we have somebody that wants to sell their property. Yes. And they said, yeah, we have a mortgage and it's it's due up, but um, yeah, we don't know much about it. And when we go into them, we talk to them and say, well, go to your bank uh, and talk to you about the mortgage. Is there a penalty coming out? This right. is the big Because we have been finding in the last two years, all of a sudden, we're selling the property. We get an offer on the property. Yes. And they find that they have a penalty they had no clue that was there. Mm-hmm. And how do we, as a, for us realtors, what questions should we ask our sellers yeah. um, about those those existing mortgages, and how what questions should we ask? Is a good, I guess, the best way to put it. Well. I always think that in Calgary, we're all so busy and, and the majority of our clients are not in our profession. So I would say engage them with a licensed professional like ourselves so that we can do the work nine to five for them while they go about their daily business and things like asking their existing lender, getting their legal consent so we can call on their behalf and get penalty quotes. We can get information if we haven't already done the transaction prior, we can pull information on portability options because for some people that's the better option, if especially if their mortgage is from the 13, 14 years where they had some very low interest rates that they don't want to give up. Um, you know, those are things that we want to discuss with them. And then it's very important for an existing um, homeowner that's working with you guys that if a port is in play, that we're very open in our communication, meaning the broker slash or the banker and the real estate professional, that it, ports have very tight windows. And we need to all be on the same page about making sure that um, if they're buying and selling, that they're actually making sure those possession dates line up. So there isn't a huge erroneous penalty no one was prepared for. Okay. Um, the other thing, like I said, it, there is a large percentage of, of Canadians that are coming up for renewal this year again. And so many of your sellers are actually very close to maturity when they're thinking about selling. And that is a very um, sensitive topic, too, because we don't want them to flippantly lock into a, a fixed low rate. Um, we want to have a discussion about is an open the best option for you? Can you afford an open because it's a bit more expensive? Um, is a one year a better option? So um, I would say in engaging the professional as soon as you're even having that listing discussion with them because it takes time to get that information from the lenders usually you know if if there was someone we've worked with before a day or two um, and that penalties are always subject to change until a lawyer actually requests the payout statement so we're we're working on borrowed time with that kind of stuff and and if they are in an eroded equity position that we're very sensitive that we know all those numbers way in advance of a sign hitting the lawn um, because we don't want anybody in an underwater situation for you for the buyer okay. for the bank on the other one is um that we run across is we look at uh, as realtors we all pull title <clears throat> before we sell the property yes. uh, we look at the the mortgages that are on title yes and we see a mortgage of such and such amount of money and then we see these other instruments on there like a heloc or whatever yes you, you talk to your seller oh i got nothing on there there's nothing on there at all yes. i said well why is that there uh, you need to talk to somebody about getting that straight is that yes. correct 
Yes, that happens a lot. Yeah. Or I, I would find what's more common is they actually don't have a mortgage, but they'll have a HELOC registered on it. So as far as you guys are concerned, you'll see what the HELOC registration for, and that is always the limit. Yeah. Uh, and they may tell you, I, well, I don't owe anything, but actually they have a large balance still owing on a HELOC because when you ask them about a mortgage, they don't. They assume their HELOC is not a mortgage. Yeah. So when we pull credit, we will see what the, the the most current balance is, and then we'll ask for more current statements as well to get a real accurate picture of how much equity. But I would say, I mean, it's not part of your transaction, but I, you know, I would ask them for a, an idea of what their current balance is owing on the product, because as soon as you use the word mortgage, um, they'll just any HELOC borrower, most of them I find anyway, will say, "Well, oh, I don't have a mortgage." So it's. Better really for a realtor to actually engage a broker like yourself, mortgage broker, get them in at the very beginning beginning, of the process and saying, Okay, this is our client. Let me do some homework. Let me know what they can or can't do because depending on how much equity they have in the house and what we want to go to, we need to know what we're dealing with on this mortgage to get out of it or to go to a new one or whatever. Yes. So that's are you finding that realtors are doing that more and more? I think I think so. I think they could do it even more. As a whole. I agree. Realtors, please help us with that because I think if if we set that expectation way in advance, we really get ahead of any you know frustration or stress for these clients. Our clients are busy. If we can take that off the table and just be very prepared going into a listing situation, it makes the buying experience and selling experience much more positive. And we do have an aging population that's quite large in the city. And um, you know, if for some of them, they are looking to downsize or that's an inheritance. So we have to be very respectful of equity. And the sooner we can get ahead of that, the, I think the happier the transaction, the happier the client, the better the relationship. Absolutely. I know because their equity, if they bought in 2014 or 2015, yeah. or their um, their equity may have shrunk a little bit since then yes. uh, because of the price. So we need to get ahead of all of that um, beforehand. Yes. Any other things you could give tips for realtors and, and other than calling a broker at the very beginning? Sure. But... Um, that make all of our lives easier. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of them won't even. So no, no, no. I got my bank person. I got my bank person over here. Is there yeah. something we can give them a list or something we can give these clients and say, hey, you need to ask these questions from the bank and then bring it back to me, and then I will feel very good about where we're going forward. Yeah, I mean, I would say every realtor, a realtor in this city and in Canada should should have a relationship of some sort with a licensed mortgage professional, a broker that's not just at a bank. A bank is not a licensed broker. Um, a, a, an established, experienced broker that has options, a wide variety of lenders. Like through our firm, we have in total A, B, and C, 45 institutions we can go to. Not everybody will fit with all 45, and you don't want to go to all no. 45, but you want somebody that's experienced um, and that can advocate to the banks on your and your client's behalf um, and someone that's passionate about what they do so that we can arm you with questions like make sure your client gets into the bank and asks this. And I've had a number of clients that are respectfully very married to their bank and that bank does not lend in my channel, but trust my professional opinion to say, you know, Eden, I'm I'm looking to do this. What are my questions? And so I'll go back and say, well, make sure you check your portability window. 
knowing that I'm not going to do that in transaction, but just making sure that the consumer is a more educated consumer um, makes that experience happier. So um, the other thing too is just making sure that if they're married to their bank or, or you're working with a bank specialist that um, the client knows there are second opinions and, and other options out there that just because the bank says the price is this or the porting window is that doesn't mean that's their only option and that in this day and age where everyone shops everything it doesn't hurt to have someone doing that on your behalf um, so engaging a professional quite early is important do you, then, yeah. do, do you find that um, some clients are scared to talk to, to a broker because they know that they don't have to go for the stress test if they stick with their bank Honorable and they don't and they don't want to upset the apple cart no don't tell the bank because yeah. they might yeah. just chuck me out sure that that's that happens and i would say less so nowadays i think and the millennials in particular those move up buyers first-time home buyers are very willing to work with mortgage professionals much more so than i find the boomer generation is very comfortable with their banker very comfortable with their brand so the thought of a broker is is sometimes foreign to them and it, it's a little nerve-wracking um, but it's all about the conversation and educating them and making sure they understand that we work on their behalf and often we can go right back to their institution with them and just educating them a little more but yeah sometimes they, they really don't want to move and that's okay that's okay <laughs> that's all right because at the end of the day we have to do what's in their best interest um I did want to say just uh, one thing I wanted to mention here about the the stress test in particular is there's um, when this was instituted. Sorry to circle back here. Bill. Okay. One thing that I meant, meant to mention early on is is as a, a national body of licensed mortgage professionals, we have a group called Mortgage Professionals Canada. And when these changes were discussed with the government, as um, you know, Pat Kelly, as you mentioned mm-hmm. before, who's a huge advocate of ours, big fan of Pat, um, it, it, our industry as a whole was not consulted and that was incredibly distressing to us because um, we are the ones that are working with these institutions representing a a large portion of market share in this country and and we were not consulted about how the the changes would affect our market. Don't feel bad the real estate side side wasn't either. Uh, Sure, of course, right? So so the banks were certainly consulted um, and their goal was, you know, cooling the the big centres, which they have done Um, and now it's, you know, we're, we're fighting monthly, weekly, nationally, every year to put a voice for Canadians, for Albertans back in Ottawa to say that this stress test has, you know, in our opinion, achieved what you were trying to do. Let's either amend this regionally or or as a whole, Mortgage Professionals Canada felt that the stress test should not have exceeded 0.75% above their contract rate because, and right now it's 2%. Yeah. And, and so, yes, it achieved what they had hoped in those centres, but, you know, in a, in a province like Alberta, who coincidentally at the exact same time was going through a, a very distressing recession and is continuing to recover from that, um, it, it affected confidence and, and, and truly affected our market. And um, so we're continuing to fight on uh, as, a, as a national voice to Ottawa about that Great. Um, to see if that can be amended. And there has been some news uh, reels coming out. It could be because it's an election year, but... Um, uh, that they are starting to have that discussion now of, of potentially scaling back on that rate. Nothing has happened on that. Um, and also talk of potentially longer amortizations if they don't amend the stress test. Yeah, I heard the rumors, so, and maybe you've heard the same rumors that I had, that they're because of the election, they're looking at amending the stress test for first-time home buyers. I'm not sure how that would look and how they'd accomplish that mm-hmm. without other people getting really upset and starting suing people saying you can't 
put hey, the I'm a move up. And, you know, I'm this age, yeah. and you, you're, you're penalizing me because I'm older than that. Or yeah. So I'm not sure how they're going to go about that. But obviously, they, the stress test has been, I think, far more effective than they ever thought it could be. And yeah. I think it's now getting to the point of being detrimental. And they're going to have to make some changes. Have yes. On your side with your organization, yes. you're fighting for just get rid of it or just amend it or you know as a former underwriter and risk manager um and i know a lot of mortgage brokers and realtors will dis- potentially disagree with me on this i i do think a stress test is very uh, intelligent i think in an increasing rate environment where economies we hope are stabilizing is important um especially because of the increasing debt loads that clients are carrying and that the reality of an uh, a higher interest rate come renewal is is, is a real reality and what we've been dealing with for the for the last five years is is a generation of home buyers that purchased their first property at near one percent interest which is not even economically makes sense but that was the reality and now those people are coming up for renewal with more debt bigger mortgages etc um you know at two percent higher than they renewed so the thought that rates could potentially be that much higher um, economically could happen but do i think two percent higher is appropriate no um, especially because at the end of the day it's more than just rate hikes that factor into an economy there's tax changes there's and and realistically mortgage arrears are the lowest they've been since 2009, like less than 0.3% of mortgages nationally are in default. We're one of the lowest in the world. So it's, you know, you think about that and think, well, if we had some stress test, whether it was three quarters of a percent or a percent higher, that makes sense because we have to prepare people so that, because we're getting a lot of those calls saying, what do you mean I'm renewing at three and a half when my rate is two, two, nine. And well, that's the reality, but your principal's lower than it was five years ago. And economically, most people have had two or three cost of living raises. So it, it all kind of evens out. Um, so I am not for the camp of abolishing it completely in an increasing rate environment, but okay. I do think it needs to be revisited okay. um, and potentially even given the the power of, of lender due diligence, um, because when lenders can decide case by case, if it applies, yeah, um, it's you know. one other thing too, is I'm not sure, and we, and we both admit we're geeks on this, yeah, so yeah. we apologize to those listeners, <laughs> yes. but we are geeks. Nerding out here, yeah. Uh, the one thing that I have a concern with, and I don't know if it's being followed by the finance minister or the, the, the ministry, is the people that are millennials and getting the gift from mom and dad to get that down payment. Mm-hmm. And so mom and dad are now taking out a line of credit or a HELOC on their paid-off mortgage. Yes. What What is the government trying to accomplish when that happens, and are they trying tracking that. Um, is there any way of saying, hey, yeah, this is not good? Well, I'm not sure that the government is tracking that, but I can tell you as an industry, we are, because we're the ones that, uh, as a large community nationally, the Mortgage Professionals Canada, we are doing a high increase of those transactions. I, I, I'll speak for myself uh, specifically. I've done a, a number of transactions where grandparents are giving warm inheritances way before um you know, they become other inheritance. Uh, Parents are gifting large down payments and there's still a perception among that boomer generation that they, that, um, they need 20% down. No, they, in most cases, clients can still qualify for 5% down, you know, under half a million Mm -hmm. purchase price in most cases. Um, but we are seeing a huge uptick in, um, gifted funds or, or inheritance. And so, 
while we have a number of, and in Calgary in particular, there's a big transfer of wealth happening right now from one generation to the next. So that's helping a lot of first time buyer with very small loan amounts, which is great to see. Um, on the other hand, it's, it's concerning in the sense that some of them are not just liquidating investments. They are re-registering HELOCs on their titles. Um, and when then we're doing workout solutions for the parents down the road when, you know, well, I want to move on or I want to get another place. And now we're having to debt service HELOCs that were pulled to help son get into uh, his first home. So it, it is pulling that dynamic, um, which is... I, I felt it's just pushing the ball down the road a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I know that, and, and I'll, just my personal experience, we're noticing that the, the boomer generation um, is not moving out of their big houses yet. They're right. still holding on to them. But I'm, they're getting to the age point where that is going to... St- not so much be a choice anymore. It's going to be something they're going to have to do. Yes. And if they've got this sitting on their property, it's going to be all of a sudden they don't have the money they think they have for retiring. Yes. So that's, yeah. and you're seeing that down the road. We are. And I would say with the stress test, um, there's situations where the, the borrower on their own has uh, co-signing was not an option to help them qualify with the stress test, but a large down payment was. So um, in Calgary in particular, I'm noticing, um, you know, maybe mom and dad have too many, too much property exposure. They just, at this point in their life, they're not willing to jump on another mortgage for five years because they are thinking about retirement and downsizing or being snowbirds, whatever the case. So they're willing to put money forth to help son or daughter uh, qualify. Um, but that's moving their timeline up quite significantly and affecting their plans. So so we at our firm, we work with um, a number of boutique financial planning independent firms, and we're always working in lockstep with them to make sure that um, just because son doesn't qualify on his own, is it really the right property or can he do a move up on his own? Like maybe buy a little bit more within his means mm-hmm. so he can do it on his own rather than tie up mom and dad's ready to go house that's about to be. So you have to be so thoughtful about that. Um, and some families are just, no, here's a check and grandma and grandpa wants you to have a down payment and say la vie. But it, it, on the other hand, it is putting some first time buyers into maybe bigger houses than we in the, the stress test wants them to be, to be in. in. Correct. And so parents are pushing them into that and then, uh, or helping them into that. I shouldn't say pushing, but it's, it's a multi-step uh, process that we have to, we can't just assume that mom and dad uh, will just write a check and, and that that's not coming from a liability that, you know, not everybody has that 250 in cash. It's coming from a line of credit. Exactly. Yeah. The, the move out or the millennials coming in, the first time buyers, and we'll go into the, I want to go back to that. Sure. Are you finding that they come and talk to you and say, I would like to buy this? And you're going, well, no, you actually really don't qualify for that, but you do qualify for this. And they say, oh, to heck with it. I'm just going to keep on renting until I can afford to buy this. Yeah. And and are they taking some, like, uh, to me, uh, the advice would be, you know, t- if you think you're going to save up for this higher one, yeah. chances are it's not going to happen. You're better off to take that smaller step and like traditional way of, you know, apartment, townhouse, small house, bigger, bigger right. house until you're done. Yeah. Um, and they seem to, some of the clients wanted to bypass some of those steps. Yeah. 
Um, so you finding are they going to renting or are they taking the smaller house or what, what's? I would say in in the larger centers, it's without a doubt pushing people to stay in the rental market, the which market. is already very stressed. Yes. Like vacancy rates under four percent in in those cities near three two percent. Um, so I would say in Vancouver and Toronto, which doesn't affect our immediate market, but some realtors do work there as well. Um, yes, without a doubt, it's affected them where they've stayed renting. I would say Calgary as a whole, no. I, I found the stress test has made. Uh, a multi-step conversation in the sense that they came in thinking they wanted X. We talked about what their reality was qualification. And when they, sometimes they do get discouraged because they had their heart set on a, on no condo fees. But the reality is it just, as of right now, that until the stress test changes, that's not in your plan. But we very confidently say like, look, it does, you know, home ownership is an important step of, of, you know, building an asset and, and a net worth for yourself. Even if markets aren't performing as fast as they used to, you know, get into something that's reasonable now and, and mortgages are portable. You can move it up with you or keep it as a rental and start to build a little portfolio as you grow. Exactly. Uh, and people are very uh, attracted to that in Calgary. And as long as we're positive with them, which is my motto, you have to be happy with these people because it's stressful. It's the biggest debt they'll take. And especially if they had the dream house, but it's so important not to put the cart before the horse, making sure they're actually lender pre-approved before you guys take them shopping. Lots of them have looked online already, um, but it's it's so much harder for us to convince them to do the step up if if realtors have taken them shopping before they've done the hard number talk. Because exactly. gosh, it would really not be fun, and, and it it rarely happens with my book, but it does happen out there where they just they go to make an offer and it's not even close, and they don't have parents that can give down payments, and they don't have family to help them qualify and co-signers. So um, putting that pre-approval and that budget conversation right up front and saying like, and and sometimes I'll use my personal experience that I, I wanted a, because uh, I had a dog, I wanted a townhouse, but I ended up getting a small condo in Kensington and hung on to it through the boom and did great on it and kept it as a rental and started to move up, and I'm so happy I did. Yeah, so. what we've been talking about Calgary a lot, and Edmonton is probably not much different. Not much different, yeah. How about the rural areas? Yes. What, what are we seeing in the, the mortgage and in the rural areas? Are, are they having a, a tougher time? or? Um, the appetite for... So rural, we there are lenders that really specialize in rural. The credit unions are always one of the big leaders. The big six are as well. The monolines, you know, your first nationals, your MCAPs, etc. Still look at them, but the monoline tends to love your country res, your, your four acres, no outbuildings, just your, you know, like your spring bank properties. They love that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Your urban rural, if you will. Um, so your, your country uh, or your non-country res, so your egg or your farming land, um, it, it's very applicant de- dependent now because <clears throat> we have seen some big value fluctuations. Yeah. Everyone is getting an appraisal, whether it's insured or uninsured, um, because they there's been such a huge fluctuation in value in acreages. Um, uh, but is there still lending options? Absolutely. Rates are the same as it would be if it was an urban property, but the type of buyer for um, some of that rural property has significantly changed, and so therefore the lending appetite has has narrowed a bit, uh, especially if they're self-employed buying rural and or operating a commercial component to it. Um, but there's still a lot of options, I would say. 
for, yeah, I haven't seen a huge change in rural other than values. So the lenders are definitely less and less are auto valuating with the insurers. Every single one, almost all of them need appraisals now, Yeah, Uh, which actually as a buyer is a really important step. I I think it's a very important investment is an appraisal um, to see what the, you know, obviously the the realtor helping them will give them some good market value, but um, it, it gives you an opportunity if the appraisal comes back and it's nowhere near where you're offering it. You know, we have a discussion do you want to move forward do you want to come up with the difference you know so too bad we didn't have an appraiser here we could go on for another hour yeah really <laughs> we talk about That's go down that market too yeah uh anything else you want to add even on what you any points you want to bring that we haven't touched on hopefully we got a lot of them if we got a lot of them yeah i would just say that um as a whole i know here locally there's been some real we've gone through a lot in our market um the stress test didn't help when there was a lot of job loss here in Alberta, I think the morale has really taken a hit. Um, but as someone who who travels nationally in my industry quite a bit to Toronto and Vancouver and even Montreal, um, the morale here is there's a fighting spirit in Alberta. And I think if we carry that through to our clients and we just remain positive about, yeah, there's nothing we can immediately do about these changes, but we can get ahead of it a few more months in advance and help educate people um, that I think we're going to have a more confident uh, buyer and seller. Uh, and I think that at the end of the day, it, it, as a mortgage professional nationally group that we're continuing to advocate on our clients' behalf, on our realtors' behalf. So we are working to fight in Ottawa to make sure that they know there's a serious resounding impact and that that needs to be rethought. Um, so I, I'm very positive about 2019 and going forward. And with rates coming down, I mean, yeehaw. yeehaw. I think that'll just make it even better. <laughs> well, on the real estate side, we've been I've been telling my clients, I've been saying, look at this is the market you're in. Just deal with the market you're in. Uh, Quite frankly, this is probably the best move-up market uh, we've had in a very long time. Please, if you can, talk to your mortgage broker and see if we can't take advantage of that move-up market because it's it's there. Um, No, that's great. Thank you so much. I want to thank you so much for your words of wisdom. Thank you. Area members, we want to hear from you. Your feedback and suggestions for future podcast episodes will be critical to making sure that this strong resource is for you. We invite you to send the feedback through communications at albertarealtor.ca. Thanks to all who took the time to listen. We hope to see you next time. We are in your area.